Hey folks, this is Ali and welcome to Friday, June 5th, 2020. Uh, I went into the school today to clean up the classroom. Um, I put the students' belongings in their bins and I, I brought home a few things and it was weird because I, I really didn't know when I was, when I'll be back in that room. And so just leaving, you know, with my mask on and looking for hand sanitizer was just, it was an odd feeling. It was super odd. I, while I was there, I recorded a, a short video for my students. So I hope they enjoyed that and it was a little bit of fun for me. Anyway, today is Friday, so it's a big idea Friday. And today I'm going to talk about something that I'm, I'm, I'm quite uncomfortable talking about. I, I should, probably should have used the toilet before recording this, but we'll see how it goes. I'm going to talk about my position uh, in relation to the anti-black racism movement. So, oh, big truck. Um, so, I'm a person of color and I have experienced racism and this, this is one of those topics that gets me really fired up. I, I just kind of kick off when, when these sorts of conversations start. Um, so I'm going to try and rein it in a little bit today. Um, I'm not black, uh, but like I said, this is a com conversation that I'm really uncomfortable with because I don't know what my position is uh, in this conversation. And there are way too many differing opinions on what the right thing to do is. Uh, if you've seen a screen in the last week, you, you probably know what I'm talking about, right? And and that that's what makes this a very tricky tricky conversation to engage in, but that's also what makes this an important conversation to engage in, because the more voices that we have um, contributing, the more opportunities we have to listen and to learn. Right. So I'm going to sort of do this in, uh, I'm going to start with the etymology of the word classroom, right? So class means a group or division of people, and room is essentially a space. So a classroom is a space where a group or division of people meet. And in our context, we call them students. But we divide students up into various groups based on measurable factors. We think about age, we think about learning objectives. You know, are they gifted? Are they in French immersion? We think about learning ability. You know, do they have a mild intellectual disability? Are they English language learners? You know, are, do they need to be in a homeschool program because they need to catch up? Uh, or are they, you know, going, are they being streamed in the high school system? You know, are they being prepped for vocational work or right into the workforce or into colleges and universities? You know, so we're, we're dividing students up right from the beginning on measurable factors. Now, in order for the education system to function, students kind of need to be split up into different groups because um, it needs to be manageable for teachers. And, and we can argue that it makes the learning more meaningful for students. But I think more than all of that, it gives us a sense of order, that we're controlling the chaos, right? Um, but then, you know, you leave high school and you walk into a lecture hall with 600 other students and, and it's all gone, right? Like all that order is sort of, it's, it's still there, but in a different context, because I think that my university lectures were probably more orderly than any of my high school classes, right? And, and so that, that speaks to our ability to learn in that way. But we also go into that knowing that, you know, it's going to be a lecture style thing. Not everybody's going to get up, uh, be grouped and asked to, you know, perform an experiment or something. We're, we're there to listen, to take our notes and sort of to leave. So which is the better learning environment? You know, that, that's, that's a debate. Um, 
you know, but then by fourth year, hopefully you get yourself into a seminar class and there are only 10 of you there. And, you know, it's, it's back to quote unquote normal. Now, these divisions extend into society, right? And they exist almost everywhere. E even our streets are divided, you know, to keep us in line. So I, I think everywhere we look, there's diversity or division, I should say. I should say there's division. Now, I grew up in a diverse immigrant community. Um, but I now teach in a fairly homogeneous community. So my experience as a kid are not quite, not and very unlike the experiences of my students, but that's okay. They don't need to align, but we need to recognize that there is a difference, you know? And I don't know if my students are affected by racism or even if they're aware of racism. I don't know that I was aware of racism when I was, you know, 12 years old. Um, and it's never really something I've considered before today. And so that that's something I need to think about going forward. But I'm, I'm sure that my students, especially the ones who are, are, are people of color, have experienced racism, but I don't know that they know that that is racism and, and how much their parents are protecting them from that, those experiences or, or you know, encouraging them to, you know, turn the, turn the other cheek, as it were, you know. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what my, my students, you know, think about racism. I, and I, I, I don't know. I did try to test the waters a little bit today, and I don't know if it, it, it didn't go too well. Uh, you know, the, the conversation was kind of brushed off, and, and, and it left me kind of feeling like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done it. But uh, hopefully that whatever I left with, uh, with, that, with those students sticks with them a little bit, you know. Back to what I was saying about dividing students up, though. We don't divide up our classrooms with diversity in mind, right? We, we go back to things like aptitude, behavior, their friendships, their personalities, right? In a way, we are consciously avoiding cognizance of diversity, right? Because there's such murky waters that avoiding it is, is sometimes easier. And I, I, to be fair, I don't know that that's a conscious decision on our part uh, when we're deciding you know the makeup of each classroom but it maybe that does need to be included in our thought process you know are are these um, classrooms diverse and but the, I guess that comes with its own set of problems you know and, and affirmative action in the states is a good example of that where you know some people don't want jobs because of their skin color and that's totally fair but others are being asked to give them jobs because of their skin color. And that's fair too. So you, you run into these, these really interesting cross sections or intersections of diverse opinions. I think that's the word of the podcast is diverse. Anyway, if students don't see diversity around them, how can we have meaningful discussions about diversity? How can students be expected to understand that the recognition of a person's skin color is an, is an acknowledgement of their heritage, but not a definition of their character, right? How can we really teach students about diversity if it doesn't exist for them? Teachers aren't immune to any of this either, right? Like we have our own biases in many workshops. We're asked to recognize them and work through them. You know, we're asked to become aware of how they play out in our interactions with students. Uh, we are asked to eradicate them from our practice. But, but it's also our biases that make up a part of us 
as and make up our uniqueness, right? And and we we are being asked to become aware of our biases, but the context suggests that we're we're meant to be aware of our amoral biases and that we are supposed to retain and develop our moral biases. And that is never made explicit, but I think that's the undertone, right? And so we have we 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 are left sort of guessing in terms of what we are supposed to be aware of. Now, if we work with a homogeneous group of students, how will we ever be challenged to question our biases, right? It, a PD is one thing, but the everyday experience of working with diversity is how we will be able to challenge our, our you know, deep set notions about what diversity is and how we respond to it. The thing is, people are really malleable and we, we, we learn how to adapt to survive very quickly. So if there's a community that you, you're working with that you know how to interact with, even if it doesn't quite align with who you are outside of the classroom, you're able to do that in order to survive and you know keep your job, right? So how much of ourselves do we bring into the classroom? I don't know. I've had conversations in the past with students about, uh, about my experiences with racism, and um, they've also shared stories with me. And it's always an interesting conversation because the response is always different based on who the students are, right? Individually uh, or as a collective, or even, you know, what they're what's sort of on their mind that day or what's happening in society at that time. Now, these conversations have always taken place in class and never online. So so I, I don't really want to discuss, discuss this on, online because I can't provide that support, that immediate support that I would like to. Right? If you want to find an opinion on any issue that agrees with your op own opinion, you'll find it, right? We're, we're, we're like white blood cells when it comes to things like this. We, we always come together when, when the body gets sick, right? You'll, you'll be able to find your class of people. But the question really is, is will you join them in their room or will you stand in the hallway waiting for the bell to ring? Knowing that whichever room you choose means that you'll only learn about what the Oh, you'll only learn about what the others learned in their room when you start talking with them, which will probably happen at recess. Yeah. That's really it, I think. This was a tough one. I hope I left something in there, something to get you started on your thinking, you know, something to help you question certain things. And, you know, I hope that you've taken the time to sort of reflect on your position in, in relation to the anti-black movement that's currently taking place in our society. We are all affected by it. Uh, we are all a part of it. And we must stand, you know, in solidarity with those who are being wronged because that is our responsibility as members of a society. We have agreed, tacitly agreed, to protect one another. And when when some of us don't uphold that agreement, it's, you know, it, it's beholden to the rest of us to make sure that those who suffer 
are not suffering in vain, you know. Anyway, I hope you're ready for the weekend. I know I certainly am. I, uh, I went out and bought some toys so I can play with them over the weekend. As always, if you could want to leave me some feedback, I'd love to hear it. Uh, if you could leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other, you know, podcasting platform that you use, that'd be fantastic and it'd really help me out. Uh, you can connect with me. All the links are in the description there. Thanks so much for listening today, folks, and we'll talk to you on Monday.